Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 341 of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today's episode is sponsored by the ARC Group. The ARC Group is the home of my recently published book, 2016, The Year in Corporate FCPA Enforcement. It is the the only one-volume guide to the most significant year in FCPA enforcement. That was 2016. In this volume, I take a look at the cases, what they mean going uh, for the compliance practitioner, and what they mean going forward. You can check it out at arc-group.com. That's arc-group.com. Today I have with me Brian Alster. He is the head of global supply and compliance at Dun & Bradstreet, and he's here to talk about an exciting new service offering that Dun & Bradstreet has, which is called the Beneficial Ownership Solution. It's a solution that takes a look at and delivers a quick and reliable data for the actual management of regulatory compliance. This is beyond a simple third-party database system because it takes a look at beneficial ownership and knowing who the third parties are that you're doing business with. It's a really significant tool. Obviously, beneficial ownership is a very critical part of third-party due diligence. It is becoming more important for the non-financial institution uh, company, and the Dun & Bradstreet tool is really a great way for you to uh, consider taking a look at ownership structures, changes to ownership structures, and how they would affect your third-party relationship. I'm also pleased to announce that this podcast is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you very much for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, it is my distinct privilege and pleasure to have Brian Alster. Brian is the Global Head of Supply and Compliance at Dun & Bradstreet. He's going to visit with us today about the problem of beneficial ownership and, more importantly, a new solution that D&B has, which I think may, um, may well go a long way towards helping companies resolve this problem. So, Brian, with that uh, introduction, welcome and thank you t- for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So, Brian, I think beneficial ownership is something that really went onto the compliance professional's radar screen uh, after the Panama Papers. And after all of the information uh, came out about that, uh, I think you guys have known it's been a problem for quite some time. But I was wondering what D&B sees as the problem around beneficial ownership and why it can be such a, 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 a big variety of uh, problems. Or let me just start that over. A big problem for, for such a wide variety of compliance programs such as anti-bribery, anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, export control, know your customer, and probably some others I didn't get in. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I think the the biggest challenge we're facing right now or that the market is screaming is that they're trying to react as quickly as possible to the ever-changing regulatory environment. And, and you know, unfortunately, about the only thing that's c- constant with, uh, with the regulators is change. Uh, we're constantly in an environment where regulations are being updated. More and more of the burden is being placed on companies to make sure that they understand who they're doing business with. And, you know, a recent survey showed that 90% of compliance officers uh, say that the number one challenge amongst the, their rank and file is being able to identify beneficial ownership. It's a significant challenge for them. And they're really trying to focus on the complex set of regulations now that 
um, are coming about as a result of things like the fourth EU money laundering directive, FinCEN, even things like FACA and CRS are acquiring uh, companies to make sure that they know who they're doing business with. And that means up to and including who the ultimate beneficiary is of a given transaction. You know, I would just add to that uh, other regulatory bodies as diverse as the New York State Department of Financial Services. So we're seeing in just uh, so many different areas of compliance, including some of the ones I named and some of the regulators you mentioned, a much more robust requirement towards identifying beneficial owners. And I started off talking about the Panama Papers. I think compliance practitioners understood the need to manage the third-party relationships, certainly before the Panama Papers. And in in my world, the FCPA world, uh, s- still 95% of all FCPA enforcement actions involve third parties. But beneficial ownership is really, it's a subset of third parties, but it's really unique. And so, Brian, I was wondering if you could explain why it's important for a company or, com- or compliance professional to understand all the connections around beneficial ownership and what it means uh, for them? Yeah, that's a great question. The, the, the key challenge here is, you know, you bring up a good point about how, you know, beneficial ownership is just a, a subset of, of third parties. I, I go uh, a little further. It's, it's not even just the regulations now that are, are bringing this in uh, to the limelight. It's, it's also uh, brand, concerns around brand destruction, uh, there is so much in the way, both uh, on the compliance side and the supply chain risk management side, that this convergence story is starting to take hold. You're starting to see that companies are now more proactively wanting to identify a deeper due diligence or a deeper understanding of all of the third parties that they're doing business with, which requires them to truly understand who it is that they're transacting with, whether it's a customer that they're onboarding, whether it's a supplier, a distributor, or a reseller. At this point, customers, our customers, uh, are across all industries. You know, some of the regulations that we mentioned earlier, both of us really focus in on the, the banking industry, but we're seeing this is actually really relevant across most industries, whether this is uh, law firms wanting to do deeper conflict check resolution, uh, whether it's you know, auto manufacturers wanting to make sure they understand who it is that they're doing business with and what risk it is to their supply chain, retailers, uh, they're, they're seeing this across the board. So I think that regardless of what industry you're in, you're, our, our compliance customers are understanding that they really quickly need to calculate the detailed levels of individual ownership depending on several regulations. You know, we, we identified many of them. And it, it could be as far down as 1% ownership that we have to be able to help our customers solve for. So they need to reduce this burden, but they also have to do this in a way that is cost effective and they're being asked to do it in a much quicker time frame. So they have to accelerate the due diligence. They have to do it while trying to cut costs, while still maintaining that same quality of risk mitigation that they're come to be expected of them. So, Brian, um, now that we've kind of set up the problem, I was wondering if we might be able to go into the Dun & Bradstreet solution that you and your team have been a part of. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to to um, be a part of this new solution. Uh, as you know, for the better part of the last year, we were working on building this construct out, and we were uh, we went to launch in uh, late May, uh, late March. I know you and I spoke earlier about it, and uh, one of the things that there were a couple of core tenants that we wanted to do when we were building this product out. First and foremost, we wanted to make sure that it was a truly global tool, that it can quickly identify a set of beneficial owners based on policy rules, being able to have a rules engine, um, instantly deliver analytics that the, our, our customers can trust in terms of accuracy, timeliness, and security. And then what we did is we really focused on the manner in which our customers need to consume it. So we wanted to make sure it was available via API, whether it was online in our own solution or whether it was in batch to make sure that we could do back book remediation, ongoing, dynamic onboarding, whatever, the, whatever way the customer needs to ingest it, we wanted to make sure we were able to do that. And what we've got now is a beneficial ownership solution available through all three capabilities via APIs, via our online solution or, or in batch, and they can quickly calculate the beneficial ownership they can make their own policies. They can use a risk-based approach. They can toggle by however um, high or low they want that quality of, of ownership, whether it's down to 1% or if they want it at 10% to meet FACA and C, um, CRS, or if they want it at a, a, um, a different level, whether it's for OFAC 50 even. They can, they can have that flexibility to utilize that tool. And then the last thing that is really, really important about our tool is the visualization. We have the ability now to provide visualization tools to the customers so that they can be able to uh, ingest the information in a quick manner, as well as to be able to um, uh, very quickly take action based on the information they're ingesting. Because at certain times, there is a lot of information to ingest. So uh, what uh, really makes this tool unique, Brian? So... Uh, the, there's there's three things that make this really unique. The, the first is just the power of Dun & Bradstreet. We've talked about this in the past. Dun & Bradstreet has a uh, database of 265 million records across 200 plus countries that all have their own unique identifier. Um, so to be able to tie a business to a specific identifier and, uh, and then carry that through the life of the relationship is critical. Um, the other aspect of this is what I touched on a little bit earlier, and that's the visualization aspect. We use a graph database, which enables us to have the database quickly identify linkages and relationships between entities, and then display it in a way in which our customers can very quickly understand who the ultimate beneficial owners are, and then be able to make a decision based on what they're seeing. So can, uh, one of the things I think compliance practitioners struggle with, Brian, is how far down they should go in ownership, how many counterparties down they should go, if I can use that phrase, whereas uh, uh, something along the lines of if I hire a contractor, what about that contractors, subcontractors, uh, that, that sort of thing. So do you have a sense of why it's important to calculate uh, specified levels of ownership? Yeah, I think that's a great question. What we tried to do when we built this tool is make it as flexible as possible and really make it future-proof. And what I mean by future-proof is the ability for it to um, 
identify and capture not only the needs that they're go- that our customers are going to be facing now, but also the needs that they're going to be facing in the future. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned in our introductory comments, the, the, the only thing that's constant right now in the regulatory environment is change. And we can't anticipate what the new regulations or enhancements to existing regulations are going to require. So what we wanted to do is make sure it was as flexible as possible to account, account for the multiple levels of ownership, as well as the percentage of ownership. So like I said, we've made this now available to be able to toggle at your own, um, based on your own rules from all the way down to one, actually 0.01% ownership. So that where it's available down to two decimals, we can get down there to that level of ownership. Um, So for example, you know, if, uh, um, you know, high risk or politically exposed persons, you know, some, some countries have as a threshold as low as, as 1% um, is required. And therefore that's very different from OFAC 50. So we want to be able to provide uh, a flexibility for our customers to be able to identify whatever their needs are and to be able to identify what their needs will be in the future. As far as uh, the secondary and tertiary tiers, I think you bring up a really good point, Tom. And when I mentioned that we're starting to have a lot of good conversations and to sell this data into multiple verticals outside of the financial services vertical alone um, is where our, our customers are looking deep within their supply chains and looking at not just their tier one sub, uh, suppliers, or contractors are looking into tier two, tier three. We even have an example of going down to tier six where the data is available. We're able to go way down into the, 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 the depths of their supply chain and understand where the risks may lie, especially um, with, uh, in respect to um, PEPs sanctions uh, to, to ensure that there's no potential brand destruction lying in the weeds that we haven't identified for them. So one of the things that the government, at least the U.S. government, has made clear they want, and that I think compliance practitioners also want, Brian, is some sort of ongoing uh, monitoring or the ability to uh, have a regular check for uh, ownership change. Is that something that D and B tool provides? Yeah, Tom. This is a critical function that we learned early on as we were building out our our capabilities, both. Uh, our own developers as well as our customers have said that this is critical. And we actually look forward to sharing this with customers. It's in the build process. We look forward to sharing this with customers and pretty early in 2018 as part of the the growing suite of, of tools within our solution. Yep, absolutely. So, Brian, you've said a couple of things uh, that oh, – let me start over. I was really prepared to discuss this and thought this tool was going to be used to help companies – comply with the regulation. But frankly, you said things here in this podcast that I think really points to this tool as a business solution. And let me give you a couple of examples. One is that I've been thinking about quite a bit is a uh, company here in Houston, Texas. I'm in Houston called Coastal Energy was purchased by a, a foreign entity. And that foreign entity had multiple uh, investors and partners one of which was an individual who is alleged to have looted monies from the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund, 1MDB. And the U.S. government has now sued that Houston-based company um, for the proceeds of that sale. And so the question I've been struggling with is, 
you have articulated a reason to know your customer, to know your third party from a regulatory basis. But what I'm seeing now is that you may need to know this is a person who's going to invest money in my company. This is a person who's going to buy my stock. This is a person who's actually going to buy my company. And I may need to know who the beneficial owners at all levels of this ownership structure are. The second thing uh, you said was you talked about the tool being able to go deep into the supply chain. And when you start having those kinds of conversations, it occurs to me that you can actually make your supply chain more efficient when you have greater knowledge about ownership. So I'm really hearing you talk about a business solution. And when you start moving a compliance tool from a regulatory to a business solution, I think you guys are really onto something. Yeah, Tom, you, you hit the nail on the head. One of the reasons, so when, when I came into this role in, um, in, in, in the late part of last year, one of the things that we were really focused on was to make sure we build this, to, to determine whether or not this, this convergence story that we thought was happening in the industry was really happening. So I went out and I talked to customers in pretty much almost every facet of the, of, of the industry, uh, in financial services, uh, legal, uh, aerospace, defense, automotive, uh, retailers, and we were able to talk to them and they're seeing it. They're seeing their CCOs, their CPOs starting to ask the same questions. They're seeing their chief legal officers starting to have the same concerns. And what we're seeing is that no matter what it is that you're doing, if you're doing business with a third party, even in the example where you mentioned where you're going to be acquired by or you're going to acquire another, you want to make sure you know what you're getting into. And you want to make sure because the nefarious the nefarious uh, business owners are not going to raise their hands and say, I'm doing something bad. So we have to make sure that we have some process out there that enables businesses to know that they can do an added level of, of, of insight and security to know that they are indeed um, understanding what's underneath all of those exposed rocks. And if you think about it, we've been trying to really build out this continuum. And this continuum really focuses on three things. One, the ability to have a customer utilize any aspect of our solutions across a given, a given part of the continuum, the entire continuum, or really if they want just one specific subset of it. So what we're doing is we're trying to make sure that in anything we do, whether it's an automated onboarding uh, tool that's very high automation, low touch, whether all the way down to our most detailed manual investigation tools um, and everything in between, which is where beneficial ownership solution lies, is, is to make sure we're doing three things. We are enabling them to mitigate their own risk. We're trying to help them do it in a more cost-effective manner. And we're trying to do it in, in order to use automation to accelerate their due diligence. All three things, which if you think about it, are really hard to do. It's hard to do things faster, but also cheaper and maintain the same level of risk mitigation. And so that's why we're trying to utilize our content and our data and deliver it to them in, a, in any way possible for them to consume it so that we can help them make their decisions faster without foregoing quality of risk. You know, Brian, I would only add one more point to that list, which is with risk mitigation, with cost effectiveness, with the use of technology, you've actually moved to increase a business efficiency. 
And when you increase your business efficiency, uh, that can make a company more profitable. And like I s- said, when you can take a, what uh, many people would think is a compliance-related tool and turn it into a business efficiency process, uh, I think you guys are really on to something. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, anytime that we can help with the with a company um, maximize their time and energy, you're absolutely right, and that's that's the power of the data. And uh, you know, sometimes we get a little uh, uh, ahead of ourselves and think that the data itself is what can actually provide the 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 recipe for success. And it's not just the data. One of the things we've been hearing is you have to be able to deliver it in a very modern way that customers can consume it, ingest it, and then they've got to be able to make a quick decision about it. So it's no longer about like just dumping data over the wall, maybe giving them a roadmap and teaching them how to leverage it. It's actually putting it into a manner in which they can actually make a quick decision. So you're right. Efficiency is almost the fourth byproduct of, of, of the, the efforts that we've been on this journey. So is there uh, anything else uh, you'd like to add as we uh, run up uh, near the end of our time, Brian? You know, I think that um, the only thing I'd like to add is that, uh, you know, we've been working hard to build this quality solutions um, for our compliance customers. We've been seeing this convergence uh, across multiple industries, and we've really been relying heavily on our customers and our prospects to really help us navigate our roadmap and let us inform us where they need to go. Um, So we've been very lucky that the regulators have been creating uh, such a, 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 you know, a unique environment um, and one that we can actually leverage our data assets and, and combine it with our ability to provide visualization tools uh, across the continuum that I was mentioning about. And uh, I, I think that, uh, as as customers start to take a more proactive approach to identifying due diligence, there's going to be tools available for them to do that. Whether they have to, uh, wh- whether they have to, or whether they're proactively trying to, and I think that that's a unique aspect in the market uh, that that customers are, you know, especially outside of the financial industry, they're really trying to make sure they're proactively doing this. So I have uh, actually taken a design thinking uh, course uh, from MIT online. And um, when you start uh, going to your customers to finding out what they want to start uh, before you develop your solution, you've taken the the biggest step in design thinking. So kudos uh, to you guys for doing that. That's something that's uh, sorely needed in the compliance space to bring the customer input as a starting point of the solution that uh, you and I and the rest of us provide. So uh once again, kudos. Um, Brian, what would be the best way to find out more information uh, about anything you've talked about today or the, uh, the new uh, DMB product and services? Well, the, the quickest way to do it is to go to our website. It's www.dmb.com backslash beneficial ownership. And from there, not only would we be able to dig into uh, our beneficial ownership tools and solutions, but you'll also be able to uh, gain access to a lot of the other different products and solutions we have along the continuum that I was talking about, whether it's light touch, high automation, all the way to the other side of the continuum, which is a, a more high touch uh, manual approach. We can do it all. So in addition, a lot of our customers have a lot of our data and services as well. So if they just want to reach out to their existing sales executive, we can also make sure that we get them the information they need. 
The last thing I will say, Tom, if I can, we do have a free trial where if customers want or customers or prospects would like to see this tool in action, we can do a, a, a quick demo and then we can also provide them uh, some, some actual beneficial owners on some records that they're interested in. So we do have a free trial available. They can see it on the website or they can reach out to us directly. So I've been visiting today with Brian Alster. He's the head, <clears throat> global head of supply and compliance at Dun & Bradstreet. It's been a fascinating discussion of a great new D&B solution, which I think will uh, really help revolutionize the uh, compliance uh, practitioner and the compliance profession to move things more to uh, business process. So, Brian, I really want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about one of the podcasts in the new, newly created Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you have any questions, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.